You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Matt Williamson and Ryan McDowell. Thanks for making Locked On Dynasty your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Welcome to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell. You can follow me on Twitter at RyanMC23. Joining me, as always, is Matt Williamson. Find Matt on Twitter at WilliamsonNFL. Matt, how's it going? It's going great. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. good. We good. we chatted yesterday about all the moves made on the first day of the NFL's legal tampering period. Uh, we are recording this on Tuesday afternoon. You're, you'll be listening to this hopefully on Monday morning. Uh, excuse me, on Wednesday morning. Right, right. And uh, which which also signals uh, Wednesday signals the beginning of the uh, new league NFL year. All these deals that we've heard about the past. Uh, 30 hours or so become official uh, at that time. So until then, just, just terms have been agreed upon. No, no uh, official deals. We even saw uh, who was it that changed his mind earlier today, Matt? Uh, the, oh, Randy Gregory. Uh, Randy did. Gregory. Yeah. Right. Yep, yeah. yep, yep. Report came out that he was sticking with the Cowboys and an hour later, he's uh, he, he's changed his mind and is going to Denver. At least that's uh that's what it looks like for now. He's got a few more, a few more hours to really official, decide. Yeah. yeah, really make it official. Um, I don't know, Matt. This this has been a little bit of a of a disappointing day. If you were really hoping for some big names, uh, we've we've got a few signings that we'll talk about. I think these are more uh, not necessarily on their own uh, major signings. Some some important players are impacted because of these. Uh, but what's kind of been your feel of, of the day as a whole, day two of legal tampering? Um, a little bit of a step back from the massive yeah. momentum, you know. I mean, I think that's kind of natural. It used to be two or three days of a flurry, and now I think it's one, and then you regroup and say, okay, we shot our arrows and landed some, didn't land them all, and now we'll kind of, I don't want to say you start to get bargains, but you start to, you know, go to go back to the drawing board a little bit. Yeah, and, and some teams are certainly doing that. I did see some reports about, uh, and some even some some articles about how the Jaguars' free spending has really impacted the market as a whole. Teams are uh, evidently not very happy with them, according to some reports that <laughs> that they're overpaying these players. Uh, a little and, crazy. And, yeah, changing changing the market, changing the demands for. Uh, for other players at the position, and most notably wide receiver, we haven't seen too many wide receivers uh, sign. You know, some of the some of the top wideouts, or at least the ones we thought were the the most in demand, are still available, and, and we'll get to those soon as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's let's kick it off with some players who have chosen teams, and we'll start with the uh, I, th- I think what was the first news of Tuesday morning was DJ Chark, uh, former Jaguars wide receiver, and and after Monday's uh, Monday signings or, or at least agreements. It was pretty clear. Chark was not going back to Jacksonville. No, no space for him there. He gets a one year, $10 million deal with the lions. And anytime it's that one year deal, it, it feels like a prove it deal. And which, which makes sense after Chark mm-hmm. missed uh, most of the season, the obvious player we, we really want to focus on here other than DJ Chark is Amon Ross St. Brown, who we saw have, a breakout season as a rookie. Uh, and it, it is, I think, at least notable that he did most of that damage 
with DeAndre Swift and TJ Hawkinson out of the lineup. So what are your thoughts on DJ Chark landing in Detroit? And, and what do you see going forward really for that entire Lions offense? Yeah, I mean, fantasy aside, this was probably my favorite wide receiver contract. You know, I mean, I, yeah. I still think Chark's a good player. I think he's very different, obviously, than Swift, Hawkinson, and St. Brown. All those guys do, you know, best their best work near the line of scrimmage in the middle of the field. You know, they had signed Terrell Williams a year ago as another tall, long strider outside the numbers type. And, hey, I'm not the biggest Jared Goff fan, and I think it's right. very possible that either the Lions' second first-round pick, which is at the end of the round, or their early two could be a quarterback. But I kind of feel like the Lions offense is actually complete. I mean, they have an O-line. They got a, a pair of backs. They got a tight end. They, got, You know, I mean, they, adding Chark, I think, pretty much rounds out the offense, quarterback aside. Yeah, they're, they're just a quarterback away. That's it. Yeah. And Ed Goff's not a slouch. I mean, he, he he's not going to destroy Chark's fantasy value. No, I wouldn't say he's going to destroy it. But, I mean, Chark's game, Chark's game is is the deep ball, right? Mm-hmm. It's the big play. Uh, I do think he fits well with Amon Ross St. Brown from that standpoint. Um, I don't know how confident I am that, um, that Goff can make the most of Chark's talent. So let's yeah, say good it point. That way. Good point. Let it fly when he should. And, you know, do you think, uh, side note here, do you think the lions would consider a quarterback at two Malik Willis potentially? I don't think his stock has risen to that point. I mean, I wouldn't blame them to be honest. I've seen with him. You. I've seen him mocked there a few Have times, you? and um, you know, we're we're all still kind of guessing, especially with the draft uh, forty plus days away. But mm-hmm. you know, it's it's at least out there that that some could see that happening. I don't know that it'd be a terrible decision. I mean, I don't think that would have much influence on fantasy right now, you know, or Chark right. in particular, but. I've kind of thrown that out there on Peacock and Williamson for a month or two now. Like, wouldn't blow me away if you start to see Willis at two or even six or certainly Seattle now as a top 10 guy regularly in these mocks. But would they take him over a Hutchinson or somebody like that? I, I don't know. But I do think if Hutchinson goes one, Detroit at two is a little foggier. You know, I mean, I don't think they'll sure. take an O-lineman. Well, we did talk yesterday with the the Trubisky signing in Pittsburgh that mm-hmm. um, part of that, at least we were we were kind of spitballing, that part of that might have been motivated by the idea that um, Willis is not falling to 20, as, right, as many right, right. originally projected pre-combine. Let's get to the next signing, and this one on its own is not necessarily an impact signing or, or an impact player, but I think there's there's some ripples here. That, that are certainly important. J.D. McKissick uh, leaves Washington, leaves the football team, the commanders, I should say, uh, gets a two-year, $7 million deal with the Buffalo Bills. So um, I'd eat cartwheels with this one, Ryan. i do it. i do you would. <laughs> yeah, so let's let's do the Bills part first. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Singletary felt like a player who was who was gaining some steam, had a, had a big uh, end to the season as Zach Moss was – you know, really just kind of phased out of that offense um, late in the year for Buffalo. And, and Singletary was looking good. He he didn't necessarily turn into a, a primary pass catcher out of the backfield, but um, 
was was really a strong contributor and was putting up some fantasy points. And, and McKissick kind of reigns on that parade a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it, it, McKissick catches so many balls. I mean, like he's perennially right. underrated in terms of how many receptions he gets and how good he is strictly in the passing game, including protection. And again, we'll talk about his old team here in a minute, I'm sure. But I think this isn't great for him because I think Isaiah McKenzie's good. And I know he's considered uh-huh. a receiver, you yep. know, like they have some overlapping skill set there, you know, where it's a good they, point. they both have that, you know, receiver, running back, tweener-ish feel to them. Um, I do think it hurts Singletary as a receiver. Yeah. Um, my Steeler co-host, as you know, Dale, Dale Lawley, he sent me a text an hour or so ago saying, Boy, the Steelers should, you know, send a six-round pick for Zach Moss, you know, and or, and it seems like that could apply to ten teams out there. These a cheap backup. I kind of like liked Moss, but they don't seem to. Yeah, they they may not need to send anything. Moss could right, be a right. guy who who doesn't make that it doesn't make that a uh, final fifty-three man roster. Um, certainly, a, a player who had had a little bit of value a year ago, and and that's basically gone right Very now. Much so. uh, of course, the other end of this, and and the part that made you so happy, I'm sure was that maybe, maybe this means Antonio Gibson is finally free. He'll finally see that, that passing work. Um, I mean, it would be, uh, you know, it would be ignorant, honestly, to assume that Washington won't add anyone. I think they'll add another running back. I do like Jarrett Patterson there. We, we kind of had the conversation yesterday with Arizona that maybe, Eno you know, Benjamin gets the job with, with, uh, with Edmonds leaving. I'm not, not necessarily confident in that one. Uh, I do like Jarrett Patterson, though. So we'll we'll find out how much Washington likes him based on who else they add to that backfield. But for now, it's looking great for Antonio Gibson that he's going to actually see some targets and the chance to be be involved in that passing game and put up some PPR fantasy points. I think it's phenomenal news for him. I mean, he's finally free. And I you know back to my point about how good McKissick is in the passing game, I think some people – held it against Gibson that he lost passing down work. And I really think Gibson, you know, most backs, he would beat out in the passing game. It's just McKissick's really elite in that phase. So it's phenomenal for him. And I own a lot of Gibson stock. That's why I was so excited about it. Uh, I wish it happened a year ago as opposed to now, but that's another story. Um, You mentioned Patterson, though. I, I think that's a sneaky, sneaky bump. Like, sure, they may add another, but... He's kind of passed every test in the Washington uniform too. Yeah, another another one of those players that didn't get necessarily a ton of uh, opportunity as a rookie last season, but um, I mean that entire backfield at one time or another was was dealing with injuries. I mean Gibson certainly was really all season long, although he didn't miss much time. So uh, I, I'm with you. I, I was impressed by Patterson. I would love to see him get a larger role, and certainly. If he's on waiver wires right now and, and you have the opportunity to pick him up and, and stash him to see how the uh, the rest of this offseason plays out for Washington, I would be doing that. Yeah, I mean, he's a premium handcuff right now, and Gibson's not the most durable guy in town. Yeah, really quickly here, let's hit on this one. Russell Gage, three years, $30 million with the Bucks, leaves the Falcons. I don't think necessarily anyone was surprised by that, but it is another knock on, on Atlanta. Russell Gage was really, uh, really all they had left last year after, um, after the Julio Jones trade, after mm-hmm. Calvin Ridley 
took his time away, and now we know Ridley will be gone for the next uh, next full season as well. I mean, Atlanta's in rough shape here, quite obviously. Oh, I think they might be the worst team in the league. Yeah, yeah, they they definitely could be. And, yeah. And uh, but but what are your thoughts on on Gage specifically? I mean, choosing he essentially chose to be the Bucks wide receiver three instead of the Falcons wide receiver one, and I think that was a great decision. <laughs> yeah, I think it is too. I think Tom Brady will love this guy. Yep. Um, I think it really hurts those other receivers in Tampa, the young guys, Darden and those type of dudes. I think Tyler it really hurts. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of those guys have flashed, but I think it really hurts them. If not, just makes them unownable in most dynasty leagues. Um, I found it a little odd just because I don't know where the money's coming from in Tampa right now. But <laughs> isn't Gage and Godwin a little redundant? Uh, maybe, maybe. I mean, I think they, they can both play in or out. So that's some, obviously NFL teams always value flexibility. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I mean, the Godwin injury can't just be pushed aside either. This is a player that we're, we're not sure if he's going to be ready for week one uh, with that ACL injury. So maybe it's insurance, uh, yeah, yeah. for Godwin. They're and, in and to then, win it. Right. And then I just think, this team felt like they were at their best when Evans, Godwin, and, and Antonio Brown were all on the field. And, I mean, nobody's going to confuse Russell Gage for for Antonio Brown. But just having three, um, three good wide receivers, honestly, I think is something they wanted to do. And, and I'm with you. It, it, it tells us all we need to know about. Tyler Johnson and and the rest of that crew. I, yeah, I would yeah. I don't really consider any of those guys roster worthy at this point. Right, they're in trouble. Matt, after the break, we're going to talk about some of the players that are still out there on the free agent market who could be signed very soon. Hey everyone, it's a new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Uh, Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better. Uh, Built Bar makes it easier to stick with your resolution because it tastes so good. You'll want to eat it, unlike some of the other protein bars that are waxy and chalky or taste like a chemical spill. Uh, you want to eat healthy, but it, it just gets so boring. But by like week three, you might be thinking, this is just not worth it. Where's all the chocolate? Well, Bilt Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Uh, most Bilt Bars contain just 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar and 4 net carbs, and 19 or 17 grams of protein. Uh, compare that to a candy bar, which usually has about 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and a dozen net carbs. So here's an idea for your new year. Go to your secret treat stashes at home, in the pantry, in the office, in the car, wherever. Throw out all the sugary, calorie-filled treats and replace them with Bilt Bars. So when you're craving a snack or treat, you can reach for something that's healthy and tastes incredible. Uh, Even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least eat something that tastes good and is good for you. That way, when you enjoy a delicious Bilt Bar, you can almost almost count it as a workout in itself. Uh, there's so many flavors to choose from. I mean, peanut butter brownies big in my house, raspberry, coconut almonds, salted caramel, mint brownie, cho- cookies and cream. My son kills cookies and cream. Many more. Uh, in fact, Built Bar is always coming out with new limited time flavors. So go check out Built.com often to see what's new. Built.com. So here's what you do. Go to Built.com, use our promo code 
to get 15% off our order, and your promo code is LOCKED15, LOCKED15, all caps, and that gets you 15% off at Built.com. Thanks so much. Thanks for making Locked On Dynasty your first listen every day. Make sure you're following Locked On NFL, Locked On Experts, covering the biggest stories from around the NFL every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Matt, we mentioned at the top of the show that uh, at least compared to yesterday, uh, Monday, I should say, things have been a little quiet on this second day of the legal tampering period. We talked about Chark and McKissick and Gage, but I mean, those are those, those guys are far from household names, especially when you look at the the list of free agents still out there. So let's uh, let's roll through some of those. I want to talk about who's who's left on the market and the teams that could uh, potentially uh, be looking for help at that position. Quarterback, I mean, it's been talked about all offseason long. It's thin, right? Trubisky yeah, got yeah. his job. Teddy signed as a, as a backup in Miami. So we're looking at Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota really as the, the main two options. And both of those could kind of go either way. I mean, Trubisky got what we assume is a starting job, although they're trying to say uh, he'll be the starter. Yeah, trying to say he'll compete with with Mason Rudolph. I don't think anybody buys that. And and as I said, Bridgewater signs to be the backup. Um, So Jameis Winston, Mariota, what do you see from those two guys? Well, I I think it's crazy to talk about them without bringing up Deshaun Watson. I mean, there's still one huge domino out there. And Brian Peacock and I were talking about today, it's like every day a new team pops up with this, mm-hmm. you know, with yeah. Deshaun Watson. I mean, whoever his camp is or Houston's camp is, they're drumming up all this interest, whether it's real or not. And now we heard Atlanta. I actually heard San Francisco thrown out there today, and I didn't buy that. But, like, what is going on here? My hunch is they're trying to just milk the, you know, we even got some trades that came out that they said no to, supposedly. I don't know how real any of that was. <laughs> I just think that they're holding on for dear life to maximize Watson's value. I think you might end up in Carolina when it's all said and done. That's that's my vote at this point. But that seems like the domino. And then some of these quarterback needy teams might settle for a free agent or even Jimmy after that. But, you know, Jimmy's not – he's damaged goods too. And how healthy is Winston? Yeah. Yeah, Watson, uh, as you mentioned, is is really the the one we're all waiting for. And, and I would assume that's what San Francisco is waiting for, or at least other teams are, are waiting to see where Watson goes before pursuing uh, mm-hmm. Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, you look at the teams, and, and most of these have been at least mentioned, uh, having interest in uh, in Deshaun Watson. The Colts need a quarterback. They have really no answer right now. Uh, they have been linked to Garoppolo for what it's worth. Atlanta has Matt Ryan. They, they've been supposedly in the, in the Watson sweepstakes. I don't really buy that one. Yeah, I know. Uh, Carolina and New Orleans are, are the two, uh, obviously, I would say the two front runners, as, as reported by almost everybody. And then Seattle seems like they're out, but they certainly could still use a quarterback. Um, any, any gut on where Jameis Winston lands? I, my hunch is he goes back to New Orleans. Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think they are the most comfortable with them probably medically as well. 
My takeaway from this quarterback carousel, though, is I'm starting to think more and more that Ritter, Howe, maybe even Corral are second-round picks now. You know what I mean? Like, are any of the playoff teams drafting them now past, like, New Orleans at 18? You know, I mean, the Steelers filled their need. I think Willis and Pickett go, but all of a sudden I'm starting to think that the, the league is not real high on this quarterback class. That's not a shock. And that some of these names might fall a little bit on draft day. Yeah, well, I know it's not very inspiring. I mean, we talked about Trubisky yesterday, and and if you're a Steelers fan, that doesn't, um, you know that that doesn't give you the feeling of, of a Super Bowl soon to come. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a much smarter move, especially since the money came out. We didn't have that when we spoke yesterday. Two years, uh, seven million, I think, seven and a half million. Uh, certainly very very reasonable. I, I think that was the number. Maybe maybe it was seven a year. Maybe I'm getting that confused. But regardless, the number was was pretty low from what I saw. I I would much rather do that, kick the can for a year, see what you can do in in 2023, whether it's a uh, a, a trade or or if you're in position to draft one of the top guys. Then uh, I'd much rather do that than trade future assets, as we've seen some teams do. Washington. Uh, or or just overdraft a player that you don't necessarily love. Yeah, I agree with that. Let's move over to running back. We've got some names here, and, and we talked about the uh, pair of Arizona Cardinals, Connor and, and Edmonds, who got deals yesterday. But uh, really some of the biggest names, most interesting names, are still out there on the market. Melvin Gordon, Leonard Fournette, Rashad Penny had a great end to his season. Uh, Corderell Patterson had a great beginning to his 2021 season. All of those guys are free agents. There's four pretty clear teams, I think, who need some running back help. Atlanta, who needs everything. Houston, who needs almost everything. Uh, Tampa Bay. uh, Tampa Bay suddenly got almost everything figured out except for their backfield with with all three of their top guys from last year being free agents. And and Seattle, who is uh, kind of in a bad spot all of a sudden as well. I think we're all assuming, or at least most people are assuming, Fournette back to Tampa Bay. Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah. Uh, other than that, what do you see for these players or for these teams? Well, it's kind of like the Gibson conversation. I think a lot of us are keeping our fingers crossed that Gordon doesn't end up back in Denver. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That would and be I, terrible, right. Yeah, and I, I don't think... Um, if he's dirt cheap on a one-year deal and they're familiar with him, or, I don't know. I, I think yeah, there's better maybe. landing spots than that. That's true. I, I don't know. I mean, my only thought on that is we got a report uh, the other day from one of the uh, uh, Denver beat writers uh, saying that Gordon would not be back. And, and mm. you know, I, I don't know. That I that's, that. Yeah, I don't know that that's official or, or anything like that. But um, I saw lots of comments after that of Javante Williams, you know, he, he, now he's the top three pick or, you know, Javante Williams to the moon. And, and I'm, I'm certainly excited to see what he can do in, in more of a full-time role as well, but he's already being drafted as a first rounder in, in dynasty startups. He's, a, <laughs> right, where he he's go? A, yeah, he's a, a borderline first rounder in, in best ball redraft leagues, even these early ones. He's a top five, uh, if not top three running back in dynasty rankings and dynasty ADP. Like, we're already drafting him highly based on the expectation that he gets that job and that Melvin Gordon is gone. 
don't bump him up again after, <laughs> right, after right, it right. becomes official, right? Like that's that's just bad play and and bad uh, fantasy uh, management, in my opinion. So really, something to be careful of, especially this time of year, because we think we know what's going to happen. We start valuing players and situations based on that, and then when it happens, we count it twice. Don't do that. Be careful. Yeah, and last note just on running backs is you named four guys here, and you named four teams, and if Fournette goes to Tampa, as we would presume, that's three and three, and Brees Hall is going to get drafted by somebody, and Walker is going to get drafted by somebody, you know, and a dozen backs are going to get drafted and screw things up. So uh, some of these scenarios where you think you have the perfect setup, like Arizona, like we talked about last night, Mm -hmm. you know, that probably gets screwed up, you know. I was thinking the same thing. There's going yeah. to be a lot of a lot of players that we look at um, as, as safe or reliable, like solid RB two types that are are going to those backfields are going to get shaken up here yeah. in about 45 days. Yep, yep, yep. Matt, let's take one more break and then we'll talk about the wide receivers. Thanks for making Locked On Dynasty your first listen every day. Be sure to check out tomorrow's episode when we continue to talk about all the impact of free agency. Now make your second listen locked on NFL draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Matt, this is really why I wanted to have this conversation about the players that are still available because it feels like a little deja vu here. We're, yeah, right. We're, we're a day plus into this, and Juju Smith-Schuster right, is just right, right. sitting out there, and not only is he uh, unsigned or, or not connected to any team yet, I haven't really heard any any rumors about him. I mean, we heard the interest potentially from Kansas City, that was, I think, mostly based on uh, the contract offer last year. What What's happening with my guy Juju? And is he coming back to Pittsburgh? I mean, it sure has that deja vu feel to it where guns are blazing, he's leaving, he's going to get all this interest and doesn't, you know, and he didn't have a lot of tape to change any opinions from a year ago. And then, Hey, you want to come back for one year, eight million, and play the slot? And okay, and we need a receiver in Pittsburgh, and it's familiar, and you can run it back a year from now. The key to me with this receiver thing is two things you brought up early to start the show. Is I do think Jacksonville giving Kirk mm-hmm. and Zay Jones. I mean, the Zay Jones contract was even worse than Kirk's pound for pound for me. Yeah, that much money. I'm sure the agents of all these wide receivers said, "Whoa, you know." I'm asking for too little. You know, I, I'm not going to take a bargain deal if that's the going rate for wide receivers. And the other 31 teams are looking at those agents going, well, they're wrong. <laughs> you know, I mean, this league puts out a dozen to 15 rookies at this position that are high quality impact, cheap players every year. You know, why am I going to give your client, you know, a big buck? Because I can just draft one in the third round who's just as good and, you know, it doesn't have to acclimate. So, and so I think today is we both teams and agents step back and say, okay, we tried to milk this thing out of the Jags and it didn't work. We'll come back with a more reasonable offer or, or teams will be like, 
yeah, but we still like Juju and Beckham and Fuller and whoever, you know. Yeah, I guess what really makes me feel better about Smith-Schuster still being out there and, and some of these other players I like as well is that Allen Robinson's still out there. And I feel like they're, I do feel like they're in different categories, even though A-Rob had a, had a really disappointing 2021 season. Um, I, I feel like there would still be demand for Robinson on the market. and But he's another one we've heard almost nothing from. Right, right. Uh, along with Robinson and Juju Smith-Schuster, you mentioned Odell Beckham. Obviously, we know about the, uh, the injury he suffered in the Super Bowl, so he's going to miss some regular season time as well. Yeah, that uh, Marquez Valdez. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Marquez Valdez Scantling was a player that was actually being talked about quite a bit heading up to free agency or to that legal tampering period, and uh, his name has not been mentioned much since. Maybe he's not going to get that ten million plus a year that was being thrown out. And then Will Fuller, another player who. Uh, dealt with injuries uh, like he does really every year. Uh, I I mentioned it on Twitter earlier, you know, a year ago at this time, Juju and Fuller were free agents. They both end up signing one year prove it deals. I thought that was a great move at the time because of the salary cap. Right, right, right. The salary cap had gone down due to COVID due to all the, all that was going on in the league. And. But in the meantime, they didn't prove it. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> they didn't prove it. Right. Uh, they both missed time with injuries. Fuller missed almost the entire season, even when they were on the field. Uh, well, I, I, sh- I guess we shouldn't say that about Fuller because he, he just didn't play enough, but he certainly didn't start the season very well. Uh, Juju looked like the third option and was the third option in Pittsburgh uh, before going out with his injury. So even in the little time they were on the field, they, they didn't prove it then either. I, no, you know, no. I hate to say this as a Juju fan, but the market wasn't really there last year. And now 24 plus hours in, it doesn't look like it's there this year either. Ugh, All these guys it. have a wart though. I mean, Allen Robinson's not young anymore and he's coming off clearly his worst year. And we've talked about Juju. He's really just a slot and he's not great for his press coverage. Odell has a major injury that just happened. Valdez, Scantling, and Fuller are very one-dimensional, too. You know, I mean, their skill set just isn't that unique. I mean, you run real fast on the sideline for Valdez, Scantling, and you catch half the balls thrown to you. And Fuller does that better, but he doesn't stay on the field. So, uh, I mean, wouldn't you rather have Watson out of North Dakota State? or You know what I mean? Yeah, I think a lot of teams probably would. Uh, yeah. You look at the teams who have a pretty clear need at wide receiver. Atlanta, once again, we said they need everything. They really do. Uh, Chicago has basically Mooney and oh. not much else. They've been linked to Valdez Scantling. Uh, Green Bay obviously has a need. Looks like they're probably keeping Alan Lazard, but uh, need, need something more than that along with Devontae Adams. New Orleans has Michael Thomas and not – much else. Philly has Devontae Smith and not much else. And Vegas, uh, it looks like Brian Edwards is, is just not going to do it. Renfro is is solid, but they need some help there as well. Uh, of those teams, or, or maybe any other team you're thinking of, where would you like to see Allen Robinson? Because I think he's really, as much as I hate to say it, I think he's the most dynasty-relevant uh, wide receiver still out there. I mean, I think Green Bay is the obvious one, but they yeah. don't have much to spend. 
I mean, he's not going to go back to Chicago. Maybe Atlanta, actually, for fa- fantasy value. I mean, Matt Ryan's still a good quarterback, and they're going to be losing a ton. I mean, it doesn't – I don't think that helps them get wins. I still think they're going to be really bad. But I think Vegas is looking for a pure speed guy. I think Philly is looking for a power forward type. You know, maybe Robinson would fit that bill, but they don't throw very much, and their quarterback's mm-hmm. not real proficient. If if I knew what was going on in New Orleans, I think that's a choice, but I wish I knew their quarterback first, and Sean Payton's not there. Yeah, well, teams are certainly going to be hesitant to choose uh, New Orleans based on that, um, or, or wide receivers, I should say, are going to be hesitant to choose uh, a team like New Orleans, maybe mm-hmm. even Atlanta, where there's potentially some uncertainty at the quarterback position. Uh, as we said earlier, the league year officially begins uh, later today, Wednesday, 4 o'clock. That's when all the signings, all of the trades that you've heard about become official. And maybe soon, maybe even by the time you're listening to this, we've got some news on Deshaun Watson. That is really the one we're all waiting for. Yeah, uh, yeah. to see what happens next. That will do it for today's show. Please make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Remember to follow the show at Locked On Dynasty. You can follow Matt at Williamson NFL, and I'm Ryan MC23. We'll be back next time with more Locked On Dynasty.